0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss. Creative Control with Vish Khanna.
3: Hey, before I tell you about who's on this episode of the show, I, I want to remind you that the final episode of my Long Night with Vish Khanna talk show, this is a live talk show I've been doing once a month since November in Toronto as part of the Long Winter Arts Series the final one takes place on Friday, March 7th and uh, it's at the Great Hall 1087 Queen Street West in the black box which is just in the basement I guess and um, very exciting, I'm excited about this show Long Winter Proper begins at 7pm and uh, features Cancer Bats, Fiverr, Greys Ruvie Polly, Pick a Piper So Young, a whole bunch of bands. There's DJs, there's karaoke, courtesy of Jenny Omnicord, a bunch of art, performances, dance, film, there's an arcade, there's food, there's a Long Winter Split 7-inch. This uh, month features Cancer Bats and a band called JFM. And yeah. Oh, and there's also the Long Winter Sleepover. You can get more info at torontolongwinter.com. As for the talk show that I'm hosting... Uh, the final installment of this season Potentially the series Features uh, guests uh, Toronto MP Olivia Chow uh, Sprinter Donovan Bailey Who is uh, taking part in the CBC Initiative Canada Reads And also the legendary Maestro Fresh West There will be a live cooking exhibition By Zane Kaplansky Of Kaplansky's Deli And it's very exciting My co-host James Keese will be there Co-host? I think he's more of my sidekick Also the bicycles will be the house band It's going to be fun I hope you can make it. Friday, March 7th, the final one. We're very excited. There's going to be a bunch of special guests along Long Winter, surprises. It's, it's going to be fun. Now, as for this episode of the show, I'm very eager to tell you about Micah Mia, a three-piece band from Montreal. And on the show today, Micah Armada uh, of the band talks about uh, the group, where it came from, what's going on, uh, and their new record, which is great. It's called Desera. You're going to hear a brand new song from it. I hope you enjoy the show. Let's just get in to the show. Now. Hey, this week's episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero. For my money, the best pizza you can eat in Guelph, Ontario, a proud independent family business run by a punk rocker. Trocadero only uses a rich array of fresh ingredients cut by hand and homemade dough made daily, all baked to perfection inside of a stone oven, It's gourmet Panzerati, calzones, wings, salads, garlic bread, breadsticks, and oh man, the pizza. The pizza. Personally, I like the gourmet Domateo with goat cheese, artichoke, roasted red pepper, mushrooms. I sub out the turkey breast for eggplant, but that's just me. Wash the whole thing down with a brio? Man, I am getting hungry just talking about this. Call Pizza Trocadero at 519-829-2444. Visit them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph and online at trocaderoguelph.ca. T R O K A D E R O G U E L P H.ca. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. Micah Mia is a three-piece band from Montreal featuring uh, Micah Armada, Johnny Paradise, and most recently bassist Moro Pizante, who is also a member of Godspeed You Black Emperor. Together they create a compelling, emotionally rich kind of contemporary folk music bolstered by heavy instrumentation and electronic flourishes that propel Armada's evocative and powerful vocals. This past January, Micah Mika self-released their gorgeous second album. It's called Desara and has prompted them to tour, including stops at the Drake in Toronto on Friday, March 7th. Uh, a couple of shows at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Quebec City is coming up in Montreal, all in the coming weeks. Here now to discuss this further are Micah and John. Uh, hi, guys. How you doing? Good.
1: John actually just stepped out of the room, but we're
3: good. We can't do that. I was just talking to him. He just left in the middle of our thing.
1: I think he felt that uh, it would be better just with the whole speakerphone situation. Oh, well... you we so really settled up against the phone.
3: Well, wait a minute. So if, if it's just you and I, why even have it on speakerphone? Is he coming back?
1: I'm afraid that my face is going to touch mute or turn it off. <laughs> it's an iPhone and you're, like, the face touches things.
3: And it's, it's true. The, your face does touch things. That's the way life is. Your face touches stuff. And you have to deal with it. and
1: get it over with.
3: Okay, that's fine. It's fine. So where in the world are you right now, Micah?
1: Um, We're at our practice base, which is uh, in Montreal.
3: Okay, how's practice going today?
1: It's going well. Uh, Yeah, we're trying some stuff out, and it's feeling good as as it does.
3: Okay, good, good. Now, I want to say, and I I didn't get a chance to say this in our small talk before we uh, started doing the interview, I guess, but... I really want to thank you both so much for mailing me your album. And and you sent a nice note with it, and I really appreciate it.
1: Well, good. Thanks. Thanks. I'm happy you appreciate it.
3: Yeah, and I'm, I'm my plan. We
1: always, always wonder about that. You know, maybe somebody uh, throws it in the trash or something. But, no, uh, so it's,
3: a, <laughs> it's a beautiful vinyl record. Why would someone throw it in the trash? They'd have to be the worst person in the world.
1: Well, I figure maybe some people get a lot of mail,
3: so... Oh. Yeah. You know. Well, I'll be honest... Yeah, I don't
1: want to throw things in the trash, but maybe just, uh, you know, you're just trying to get on with your day, and you're getting, like, tons of mail, and you never... I don't know. I don't know how it works.
3: Well, I, I'll be honest with you. I throw CDs out in the trash all the time.
1: Okay. Yeah. I guess we did good then sending you a vinyl.
3: <laughs> yeah, that I'm never going to throw out. I'm going to keep that forever as long I'm as I live.
1: I'm you a know, geeky, but... Then I figured to
3: send you the vinyl. No, the vinyl's great. It's, it's very kind of you. And my plan—this—I want to tell you how what a good and bad person I am. My plan is to snail mail you guys a note back, thanking you for the vinyl. And I was going to do it right away, and I just haven't done it. And I'm still, and now I'm telling you that I'm going to do it. So that okay. makes me, that makes me feel terrible. But I am going to do it because I I oh, really I know. really appreciate in this day and age being mailed. Not only a vinyl record, but receiving a nice letter, handwritten letter with it, I actually really appreciate that. Everything that I get is kind of cold and mechanical, and email and digital. This was this just felt yeah. nice. I just want to say that it felt, felt felt very nice to me.
1: Well, that's great. I like sending uh, every time somebody orders our record, we I, I make an effort to write a letter and make the uh, the packaging nice because I I am actually a snail mail person. I have a pen pal and I actually have a collection. Of every letter that somebody's written to me, so I have a big box full of letters, and so I'm waiting now for your um, your snail mail thank you letter.
3: <laughs> okay, so I have to do it, and I'll try to include some kind of nice thing in it. I'm already like I, this is me on the record putting pressure on myself to be a good, good to be a good person. There you
1: go. Like could you put like a sticker on it or
3: something? Well, sticker. What am I? I don't. I don't have my own stickers. I. It would be like a Sub Pop sticker. I have like. I have sub-pop stickers coming out the wazoo, as they say. There's so many stickers around this house. My son is taking them and sticking them all over his body now. He just, like, he'll walk around with sub-pop stickers on
1: him. Yeah,
3: He's very grunge. Well, great. Well, I'll
1: take whatever I can get.
3: Okay. We'll figure it out. Now, I want to ask you about your band, because uh, you, know, you heard my introduction. I think, in some ways, Micah Mia is a little bit hard to pin down. In your own words... How would you describe it? If you would even choose to describe it, how would you do that?
1: Um, You know, people often ask that. uh, You know, what kind of music do you play? And uh, I usually say something like uh, heavy, pretty, cinematic, intense, not-for-everyone but I love it.
3: I don't know. That's what I think. <laughs> so th- this phrase cinematic gets bandied about quite a bit. I'm, I don't want to say that I'm guilty of it, but I've used it as a, as a music critic. We say cinematic, and some people are puzzled by what that means. Do you have a definition sure. of what does cinematic mean to you as an artist making what you would even describe as potentially cinematic music?
1: Well, I like to think of, um, a comprehensive, like when we were thinking about what a comprehensive record was, to me, what was important was that, uh, if you listen to it from the start to the end, it's somewhat a similar experience to what watching a movie could be like. You know, it has its parts and its, uh, its, its, its scenes and its different, chapters and whatnot so I think that was kind of what I was uh, maybe subconsciously what we were subconsciously going for a bit like uh, we didn't think about it that way we were like let's make a cinematic album but I think when it all came together that's what and and it's been something that we talk about a lot with people and that's kind of you know some questions that come up are like what should uh, a listener experience when they listen to your music and I said, you know, maybe just like having an experience where it's, you, you're kind of pulled into it, like a good movie, whatnot. So, so that's what cinema means to me. Mm-hmm. Are you
3: are you then uh, are you something of a film buff? Do you like uh, film?
1: No, I think the last actually no, we don't. I don't have enough time to watch films, but I like them when I watch them. But um,
3: <laughs> okay.
1: Recently, we made friends with this uh, our new friend called Mitchell Statier. He made our music video. He's a really cool experimental like filmmaker, like he's like an emerging um, director and filmmaker in Montreal. And he's he's a he's a nice young guy. And uh, he he's really he lives close to us, and we live in a part of town that a lot of people don't live in. So when we found out that he lived a couple of blocks from, away from us, we were super stoked. And he is super. Film guy, and he, every time we talk to him, uh, and which is often, he now is like, "Come over, let's watch a movie." So actually, recently, I've actually seen some movies, but before that, I was able to say, "I think the last time I went to the theaters or even watched a movie was like three years ago or something ridiculous."
3: Dude, well, so so until you... you
1: know, November, I hadn't seen a movie in like years.
3: Interesting. And, and the the video that he made for you is for a song called "Ow, Ow," right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So he makes this video and he's getting you kind of back into film what what like okay let's let's put it let's put it this way what is like your favorite film of all time if you had to name like a film that you love of all time and i'll give i'll give you an example like for me long ago cuz over the years people say hey what's your favorite band what's your favorite movie and eventually i decided i would have stock answers even though you know things change I always tell people that my favorite movie is The Godfather, and that's very safe. Like that's like a fairly safe choice, in some ways. Yes. But at the same time, it's never wavered. The Godfather, Godfather Two. I'll throw Jaws in there. There's a couple of movies like that that are always going to be my favorite movies. Do you have a favorite movie that comes to mind if someone asks you that? Um, I I, I have a
1: favorite movie from a childhood that is maybe. It's funny. I was never able to watch it, but I was because it was too scary. But I was always extremely fascinated with E. T. and how scary he was to me as a kid. Hmm. And I never was able to watch it throughout the whole. You know, once they see each other in the woods and start screaming at each other and stuff, that freaked the hell out of me. <laughs> but it was one of the movies that I really, really. Wanted to see so badly, but I was too scared and I kind of like that aspect of wanting to see something so badly But not being able to do it huh. so it's, and then I recently watched it, almost all of it with my nephew and I Still kind of think it's an alright movie. I, I like et I like I like animals I'm really into, I, I mean, I don't watch a lot of films, but I watch a, I spend some time watching like YouTube videos I like watching animal videos I think animals, okay. I animals,
3: That's fair, but you realize that E.T. is not an animal.
1: Yeah, but he's like animal-like.
3: He's he's an alien. He's not an, I think if he were if here, you're he, an would, animal. he would say, I am not an animal. Like, I think that was the whole point is that all the evil people were treating him like an animal. But you're, the point of a story, I think, is that he's just like us. He's, a, he's just from a different place.
1: You're an animal.
3: Well, I, I am an animal. You're saying I'm an animal?
1: I think you're an animal.
3: You think I'm an animal? Okay, so you just have it, and, and, well, you like me, though. That's what you're saying. You like animals. Well, you like other animals.
1: Yeah, I think I think I look at all people and I think of how some people are very adorable animals.
3: <laughs> all right, that's interesting. But the, the music you make...
1: Not necessarily inspired by E.T. Yes, the
3: music you make is not necessarily inspired by E.T., uh, can you kind of pin down where this band came from, why its, its aesthetic has, uh, evolved as it has?
1: Um, I could speak for myself, um, and I would say that, uh, where does this band come from? Well, I, I, um, was heavily inspired musically. When I started playing music, I was, I was, I was listening to a lot of country, things like uh, Hank Williams and, uh. Lee Hazelwood and Woody Guthrie and stuff like that. So that was definitely what got me going and picking up a guitar and learning songs and singing. Um, But then the heaviness and whatnot of it, I think it's probably for personally me is inspired by my mother, who's uh, a visual artist, but she's definitely very, uh, like for me when I watch her, when I look at her pieces, it's, I, I can relate to them so much that it's almost like painful sometimes mm-hmm. so it's uh, I appreciate that 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 way of working which is just like all guts all out so that's where my evolution comes from but for the rest of the band I mean I think we all bring things together to make it what it is and uh, you know Johns Johnny's definitely inspired by uh, all kinds of things I wish he was here right now <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's inspired. Yeah, he's inspired by like I, I mean we like he introduced me to a lot of like psychedelic uh, rock, like Japanese rock from the 70s, and uh, I don't know. He's also listens to a lot of like you know electroacoustic pieces, and uh, so I think we just all come together with uh with something that makes whatever it was that you described when you introduced us there.
3: You thought? Did you think I got it? Yeah. Okay, that's that's good. I did my job. Now, you alluded to the fact that earlier you, you were talking about how you like movies that kind of unsettle you a little bit. Are you, your, yes. as an artist yourself, are you looking to unsettle or challenge your audience?
1: Um, maybe, probably. I don't know. About, yeah, maybe. I mean, I like to unsettle myself. I like to freak myself out a bit, um, and... You know, yeah, I just mean when movies, I like, I love scary movies and, up, like, apocalyptic movies and stuff. There's this movie that I almost think is, like, my favorite movie, even though I haven't seen it yet. It's, like, Battle Royale. Anyways, I've heard about it, and I really want to see it. So that kind of stuff, yeah. I, and I when I play, and and I, I like to feel scared, which is something my father almost said to me every day in leaving the house, is just, scare yourself. And that was, a, like, a way to... Just <laughs> go on with my day and do things that scare me and i think that probably stuck with me and like how it's important to do things that kind of unsettle you a bit sometimes so yeah i guess
3: so yeah it's i I frequently find myself having these kind of odd conversations with people who say things like i i saw someone uh, a couple months ago and they said oh are you seeing so-and-so you should tell them that their new album is probably amazing and i was like pardon Like, you haven't heard the album, but you think it's probably amazing? And you just said a thing that I think is along the same lines. This movie I haven't seen is probably my favorite movie. Yeah. What what is going on with with people like you? (laughs) Why are you talking like this? How could something that you haven't seen probably be your favorite movie?
1: Because the concept is so cool and spooky. (laughs)
3: But how does it go from, I really want to see this thing that I've been hearing about, to, you know what, that's probably my favorite movie. That you, I haven't even seen it yet, but that's, that's definitely up there with one of my favorite movies of all time, that thing I haven't seen yet. That's weird.
1: Yeah, I know. But, um, <laughs> I mean, other than that, there's E.T., so I don't know where I'm going with
3: it. Okay, that's fair. I just think it's interesting that I'm talking to people and they're saying strange things to me. I don't know if it's me. If I'm a magnet for these kind of weird pronouncements, (laughs) like declarative pronouncements about things that are unknown to the person saying it. It's very interesting. Ready to pop the question
1: and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com.
0: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care.
3: Yeah, it's it's a a weird world. It it is weird. I feel like everyone thinks they're an expert about something, even when they're not. Maybe I'm the same way. I don't know.
1: I mean, that's the only way you get anywhere,
3: really. Pretending, right? You pretend to know more than you do.
1: Fake it till you make
3: it. Fake it till you make it, exactly. All right. You mentioned your mother and uh, her influence on the heavier aspects of of your music, potentially. Are there particular lyrical themes on this era that uh, have become evident to you? Evident like meaning sometimes you're you're making a thing like a song- you're making a bunch of songs and you yeah. record them and you release them, and then at some point after you're done, you know that's like a whole whirlwind of activity you know where you're just yeah. concentrating and focused on it, and then sometimes after it's done, you know after the storm of creativity is done you and this sounds pretentious, but you know what I mean because yeah. it's like when you're making a record, it's a lot of like you're just honing in on something and you don't sometimes you don't even process what the material might be saying until someone else points it out to you or you've sat with it a while or you've performed it enough so when i say evident i mean that's what i mean
1: okay um to so the lyrics you're asking about the lyrics now
3: <laughs> was my question unclear perhaps I said what I said was: Were there are there any particular themes on the record that have become oh. evident to you? And all I mean okay. is, or maybe they were evident to you from the beginning. Do you see any through lines yeah. or threads between the yeah. songs on the record? Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Um, I think uh, longing, longing, is, is is a big a big theme. It's a thematic. It plays a thematic role in. Uh, in the record for me personally as a lyricist, or well, I'm actually as, as the person singing the lyrics, let's say, um, and, you know, and kind of writing some songs and bringing them to the table and whatnot. Uh, I'd say longing is, is going to be the theme word, the word, the word of the day.
3: When you say you're the person singing them, does this insinuate that you're not the only lyricist in the band?
1: Well, um, Eugene is a song that I wrote with my, uh, brother-in-law, Dimitri Nasrallah, who's, a uh, uh, a, f- a fabulous writer.
3: Dimitri and, and, I, uh, Dimitri and I are friends. Uh, really? Yes.
1: Okay, well, there you go. Um, <laughs> well, then you know, he's, I mean, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, um, he's, he's a great writer, and he, we actually, each have Sunday, uh, when I first started playing, and I started playing, like, country songs and whatnot, we had Sunday, Sunday, Sunday night music writing, where we would write lyrics together.
3: Oh, wow, that's great.
1: Yeah, the family time. it family song, was good, and so yeah, so he wrote that song with me, and uh, so that song has more of like a story, it was about this time I actually like saw some old man die, and uh, hmm. it was just, it was about how it piqued my curiosity, like you know, he it was on a country road, anyway, I'm not going to get into the huge story, it turned out his name was Eugene, he had a heart attack, like basically right in front of us on an old country road, and died, it was the first time I'd seen death, and I was more just curious than anything. I was more like, okay, he's old enough. He's passed away. It's good. So, I mean, not good, but, like, fine. It's not a big deal. But um, <laughs> I was more just like, oh, my gosh, somebody's dying, and it's right in front of me, and I'm I'm really, it perks my interest. So that song is more just about, like, a, a form of interest in, in death.
3: Okay, so Eugene is, is, is about death in and, and a very uh In its proximity to you, when you say longing, where do you suppose that longing stems from if you can step back and, and talk about it
1: uh, longing i think um in all the other pieces there's a lot a big theme of longing um and I think definitely i mean it's just a human uh it, it's it's something we can all relate to without getting into you know personal stories but I think that's just it's uh it's almost just ingrained in our DNA our emotional DNA from the get-go right okay So I think that's that for me
3: you you're approaching it or at least you're conveying to me now that it's a a kind of universal longing like the, the the universality of longing
1: yeah like the every human being that you know experienced life and you know being parented or having friends having lovers and having a being in a society of all kinds of events and whatnot, everyone experiences some form of longing and abandonment and whatnot. So I think, uh, you know, that's just a big part of everyone's life and definitely something I can't avoid when I'm playing music.
3: I mean, I think think it's interesting. It's intriguing to me that you, you use that term because that's kind of what I hear on the record too. I kind of vaguely at the beginning said there was some kind of emotionally rich aspect to the, the to the songs but when you say longing that's that actually encapsulates it for me that's the kind of emotional uh vibe i get from it and 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 just to add to your point for the sake of inclusiveness it's not simply human beings it's also animals right it's animals oh man
1: don't even get me started yeah of course all of us
3: all of us not simply one species it's just all Whoa. of yeah okay speaking of yeah. hum, speaking of human beings and potentially animals. How did how did Moro end up being in your band?
1: Well, he's a funny animal. Um, he well, I just we just asked him.
3: You just asked him was, to be in the band. That's it.
1: Yeah. Well, we asked him if he'd record on our album, and he said yeah. And uh, it was almost pretty surprising that he said yeah because he's a very busy guy. And then um, we just started roping him in and slowly started playing shows with him and now we're just he's just part of the band okay it, and was,
3: I, really, it I, was really simple cool. you, you know Mauro because you worked at uh, Casa del Popolo is that right you were you were a, yeah. you, you're a waitress there
1: I, yeah I served server, serve server. you were you a
3: yeah. server not a waitress right
1: I'm a barmaid yeah okay. uh, at his establishment so I know him from there and I've played a lot of shows there and we've, we've you know, he's he's seen me play, and we we yeah we just uh, we just asked him. Actually, John asked him. That was pretty good.
3: Okay, cool. Well, I mean, it's great. It's a great record, and I hope people check it out. Is there anything coming up uh, next for you beyond the tour dates? Have you already contemplated making new records or songs?
1: Yeah, yeah we have all our new ducks lined up for uh, a new record, and uh, I think we have about material enough material now for a whole new record, which uh, we'll get to. I guess once, like, South By and everything's over.
3: Right. And it, was there a particular rationale behind uh, self-releasing this recording? Or, beyond, or or did you approach labels where was anyone interested? Or were you just like, let's just do this ourselves?
1: Yeah, I think it was just like, let's just do this ourselves. Let's uh, hone in on our own aesthetic for now and have that full control. And then, you know, we only made a limited edition of 500. So I feel like if there's a record label out there that's like-minded mentality to us and I don't think they should feel discouraged by the fact that we only made 500 copies and think that you know we're almost out there so
3: yeah.
1: we uh, we should definitely we'll plan to re-release it and it would be nice to uh, find the right record label for right. us
3: um, yeah well I wish you I wish you all the best of luck I want to let people know once again that uh, Micah Mia's new album is called Desera and you can see them live right now including a stop at the Drake in Toronto and Friday, March 7th, they, they have a couple of shows at South by Southwest on March 13th and March 14th, uh, Quebec City, uh, there's a show in Quebec City on March 28th, and in Montreal on April 4th, and for more information, please visit micamia.com, that's M-A-I-C-A-M-I-A.com. Uh, Micah, is it possible to uh, select a song from Desera for us to play for people right now? Uh,
1: like, you mean technically, is that
3: possible? I don't mean technically I can handle the technical yeah. aspects of this. I meant I was I was just hoping. I was
1: No, yeah, you could totally do that for sure. Uh,
3: is there a song in particular that you'd like me to play?
1: Um Wish. Wish? Yeah.
3: Now why did you wish. pick why did you pick that song?
1: Cuz it's not one that's been up on the roster that much, you know. We released Eugene as a single. Out out has the videos. And that one is just cool, and I'm proud of my psychedelic guitar solo
3: at the end. Oh, well, that's cool. So it's just, you're just trying to shed light on a song that uh, hasn't maybe gotten the props it deserves.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. All right. Here it is. This is Wish by Micah Mia. Uh, Micah, it was really a pleasure speaking with you, and hopefully we get to watch a movie together at some point soon. That
1: sounds, that sounds like a planned to do list. And it's nice to meet you on the phone, too, Beach.